In today's episode, I caught up with HGG performance founder, Mick Sears, who made the commitment to run his first marathon at the 2023 Gold Coast Marathon back in November 2022, live on his own podcast called Squeeze the Juice when he had me as his guest. Is there a marathon sort of like mid to like, you know, first quarter next year? Maybe I might have to throw myself in deep end and just go... The first 42k. <laughs> Gold Coast Marathon next year. That'll be uh, early July. So you've got plenty of time to prep for that too. Early July, um, put me down. Yeah. Heather. And you're going to be my coach. Yeah, awesome. Lock That's it, it. Lock it in. So look, I'll, I'll be there. Done. <laughs> Mick wanted to run a marathon for several reasons. The huge personal growth that comes with the journey, to inspire his team at HGG Performance, and to be a real-life case study of someone who doesn't like running and isn't a runner, but trains for a marathon for the first time with a coach, integrating HGG products into their training regime. It was a pleasure working with Mick to help him prepare for his first 42K and to see him turn his goal into reality at the Gold Coast Marathon. A quick warning, this episode contains discussions of a death that occurred during the marathon. We would like to pay our respects to this person's family and send them our prayers. Welcome back to the first 42K podcast. Today, I have Mick Sears with me, who is a marathon man. He just knocked over the Gold Coast Marathon. Mate, congratulations. Oh, mate, it feels good. I've, I've got my, uh, I've actually got my medal next door, so <laughs> I, I was going to wear that today, but I, I brought it in. <laughs> mate, as you should. I reckon, uh, yeah, we, we should we should have both just been sitting here with the medal on. I reckon that'd be, that'd be a good thing. It's a huge achievement. It's obviously something that uh, came about because when you had me on your podcast, the Squeeze the Juice podcast, you mentioned how, you know, this year you really want to challenge yourself with another fitness goal. And you said, I'm just going to run a marathon. What do you reckon? Can you help me? Do you want to help me out? And I said, I would love to. That'd be awesome. And I actually, I actually think it was, it went along the lines of how long does it take to get someone ready for a marathon? And then you said, six months. <laughs> and it was November time. And then I was like, no, 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 no. Let's talk about someone who hates running, <laughs> who can't actually probably get past three kilometers. And you're like, yeah, six months, no dramas. And I thought to myself, there's no fucking way he's going to get me over to get me to do a marathon in six months. And then that's when it started. Yeah, I reckon, yeah, if it was November, we pretty much got started right away. So yeah. maybe closer to nine months. But yeah, I just said, you're going to get to, you're gonna yeah, get yeah, to work. Yeah, 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 you're going to yeah. get to work. And I did. And obviously, every person's different. For some people, it will take 12 months to run a marathon. For some, it will take six months. For some, if they have a half marathon base already, it's going to take them three months. Everyone's at a different level. It depends on so many different um, factors like their age, their training background, how often they can train, all of these things. You had a strength training background underneath you. And I was like, you've got a strong frame. I'm confident we tweak a few things. We get you doing a few more runs. You you will build up the the capacity to be able to take this on. So you made the commitment on the potty, and I love that. And we're like, this is what we're doing, and it's been a good fun journey. So I know I said it before, but congratulations, it's huge. And uh, I made sure that right at the end of the view uh, marrow, I was there with the corona for you. <laughs> it, when I seen it coming, I was thinking, I wonder if that's for me or if it's not, because at that point, I was thinking to myself, the last thing I want to do. Skull of beer, <laughs> but when it hit my lips, it was it was the best thing that could have ever happened. <laughs> no, so good, so good. Well, let's talk about. We will go into more of your training and all that, and how you prepared for it. But now we're recording this two days post the mara. How are you feeling? How's the body? <laughs> 
mentally I'm feeling quite good. Yeah. Uh, physically I'm 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 in the the wars a little bit. <laughs> I can barely go up and down stairs. Yeah. Um, I'm to be honest, like it's as it to be expected. Like I I, it's like one of those weird things when you sort of you I almost want the hurt. You know, I'm I'm excited to like be so sore because it's like that level of achievement that I'm like, I wanted this. You know what I mean? Like Katie's like to me the other day, Do you want some panadol? I was like, No fucking way. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you dare give me any panadol when it hurt. Um But like, yeah, like like I say, like if I, I I you know, through through the race, like um you know, in the lead up, like I felt really good. Um, I think, you know, there was only, there's a couple of things that happened through the race, which, you know, which were, which were a little bit annoying. Like I, I, I started getting some blisters in my feet and stuff like that, which, which didn't actually like do that much to me. Like uh, that, that didn't really stop me from thinking or doing anything, but it was more like when I got to about, it was about 25 to it was about 25 26 k's my quad started to lock up and then i was like fuck this is this doesn't feel good and then so like i started trying to like punch through some electrolytes and like eat my jellies and stuff like that but then like my my then like then my right side started to go as well and so like both of those vmos just started to lock up and i was like this is like you know 28 and i was thinking i've still got 14 k's to go this is gonna hurt man um and so like I think, like you know, that that back end of the back end of the marrow was a real mental and physical challenge, which I sort of. It's not until you know you you sort of don't like when you when you boys talk about oh yeah you know doing marathons blah blah like when I see, when I hear like George doing like thirty marathons in thirty days, you doing like fifty marathons in fifty. I just think oh yeah, so marathons can be done but it's not until you do them that you realize how <laughs> fucking hard they are. <laughs> that back end is, that back end is hard. It's hard, bro. It's, uh, I remember on the start line, I don't know if you heard this, like obviously everyone on the start line, some people yeah. have their earphones in, some are talking to the neighbor next to them. Uh, I was listening but to Robert it. Robert DiCostella yeah, on the mic. That was mad. It was I was awesome. fired up for Yeah, that. yeah. He, oh, he's an Australian legend, marathon yeah. legend. I think he's like a two hour seven marathon or something. Is he? Yeah, or two ten. He's, no wonder he was talking yeah, like that. He's, he's a pro. He's, a he's, he's unbelievable. But, uh, but Deeks was, was firing everyone up yeah. and, and he was saying like, just remember though the marathon starts at the 30k yeah, mark. 30k mark and that's i had that in my head i was like like at one point that when the blister started kicking in because i thought it had something in my shoe i was like how the fuck have i got a rock in my shoe this is annoying mm. and i just thought i'd keep running with it and i was like that rock's getting annoying and it also feels like it's getting bigger um and i was like oh, i better pull over and just pull this out because it's obviously you know it might give me a blister and then nothing came out and i was like Okay, I keep going. Then it started happening on my right side of my foot, and I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, I'm getting blisters." And then so that that sort of like started the first of like the little mental niggles. I was like, "Oh god, here we go." And it, like once like you get out to that thirty, I was like, by the time I got into thirty, like I was in some pain. Mm. And but I had that in my head, like him going like this is when the marathon starts. And I was like, holy shit, here we go. Like 14K, uh, 12Ks to go. Yeah. And it's like, I'm in this much pain. I was mm. like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a war for this back half. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, it is. It's like, I remember the same thing. I was running with Matty Hanley, one of our other first 42K runners. And I was like, 
come on, mate, try and find a way to smile through yeah. this because you're just grimacing that. From 30K onwards, it was real tough. Yeah. And I was like, you didn't sign up for the first 30K. Yeah. You signed up for the last 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just find a way. And um, and I think that's really important also in the in like the recovery. And I love how you spoke about that. <laughs> what Katie said, do you want Panadol? You're like, no way. <laughs> well, that's important because uh, this is something that we say to our runners is like, enjoy it try and find a way to smile through the grimacing especially when you're walking up and down stairs oh, Be- because stairs. <laughs> because it's a badge of honor like you've yeah, earned yeah, that yeah, pain yeah. like honestly just lay there and think nah this is so good yeah it, it was even funny like like i was saying i went to the went to the pavilion after it and um i just had my i just had my I had my medal on under my shirt and it was funny as I was walking through the door, like I was limping my way there and the guy at the front, like the security guard at the front, he was like, he was like questioning these two guys at the front. Like they were sort of like well-dressed. I was like, Oh, these guys are going to be assholes today. Like not letting anyone in. <laughs> yeah. And he sort of like looked through these two dudes and looked at me and he sort of like looked up and looked me up and down. And he was just sort of like, give me like the nod, like, come on in, mate. <laughs> he looked like it was just like a, I know what you just done. Come on in. <laughs> like, mate, you look like you need a Yeah, beer. literally. And so these other guys just sort of like looked as if like, what do you mean? We're dressed up real nice and he's going in with a T-shirt. Like, and I just, it just was one of those like acknowledgement looks like, I see you. Come on in. <laughs> so good. So good. I wish you could just look at those other two blokes and be like, do you know what I just did? It's I've cool just I've just joined the the one percent of the world population, baby. <laughs> yeah, and I and, the, and it's and it is funny. Like like I say, like you know, out that back, like uh, it was the first time that I really, you know, like someone died. You mm. know what I mean? Like, and Katie and that scene that got like Katie mm. and that were watching that the person that that ha- like that they were seeing, and even like there was a couple of people, and and it wasn't until like it re- that sort of like that back that back 12 like there was there would have been someone down with a that's something that i didn't under didn't really get and didn't know that really happened that yeah. like that back's back end is a war zone you mm. know what i mean like people are people are, i reckon in that back 10 there would have been someone down every 500 meters mm. with it with it with paramedics and I, I couldn't believe it i was like whoa yeah, yeah. i can see why it's it, it can be like you know, maybe with the wrong preparation. Absolutely. Or, you know, it's not, not not me looking at that going, oh, this is really hard. But I was looking at these people going, were you prepared? Yeah. Or like, you know, did you understand what you were getting into? Or, you know, because even for me, like training as hard as what we did. Yeah. Even I was like shocked at that back end. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. We don't know how these people have prepared. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's just bad luck as well. Mm. Anything can happen in any of these things. And that's why I think... It is such a, a phenomenal achievement to run a marathon because at any at any time, anything like this, whilst it is rare, it can happen. And mm. you're acknowledging that as well. It's almost like me with Cairns to Melbourne last year and the run around Australia next year. You're putting yourself in a, in a risky position, but you're doing what you love. And so like, my heart goes out to that person and their family, and I just hope that you know he – he absolutely loved running and that mm. was his way to go because it is incredibly sad and, and coming in, that was when Maddie and I were running in. Mm. Like we, the, the paramedics are like, stay to the left, stay to the left. They had to get the ambo right up to this guy and, mm. and yeah. It was well, that's where Katie and that were. They were standing yeah. right there and they were watching like it all oh. go down and it's like, it is like, yeah, it's a, and that's, as I say, it's like, it's sort of, that's what even mum and Katie both said. They were like, they realise the gravity of like mm. what can happen and mm. like how how big achievement 
say a, a marathon is and like what the body goes through yeah so it's, it's huge and and that's why like we always try i think people like jordan myself we never want to undermine the marathon just because we're out there running 200 miles it's it's phenomenal it mm. is pushing the body you know to the absolute extreme and we need to also understand if you're running a marathon you're not running you know you're running at a harder harder pace a higher intensity mm. than you are when you're doing it 100 miles or 200 mm. miles these sorts of things so Yes, it might be a little bit less time. It might be, depending on the pace you run, three, three thirty, four, five hours, whatever it is, but and and not twenty four hours, but the intensity is a mm. lot higher. And that's mm. why these sorts of things can happen. So yeah, it's it's something that um I think consistency, I, I know our listeners, sometimes I get messages from people like, oh, just shut up about the inconsistency and the importance of being consistent because I say it in every single episode. But like I had someone around the 20K mark ask me if I have any spare gels because he was cramping up and I was just mm. thinking, have you done the work? Like, mm. you know, maybe you've just completely, you've gone in with no nutrition and if that's the case, you're in a bit of trouble here, but mm. have you done the work? What do you reckon, do you think that I cramped up I'm like, do you think that there was like factors that you think that may that may have contributed to to what? Like, do you think that you know, like what I did was right or wrong? Definitely, I think that I mean, well, I I cramped in my first marathon, thirty eight k mark, a horrible quad cramp in my left quad where there was an angel, a mother and her two children handing out zoopadoopers and that saved me in my very first marathon. I was eating, I was nearly eating kids' hands the way that they were giving out, <laughs> yeah, they, the were gi- they were giving out fucking lollies and I was, yeah. nearly, I was nearly stopping with them. And Yeah, it's a definitely, I mean, nutrition plays a massive role and obviously we work together on that side of things as well. Going into it, it was like, I want you to try all sorts of gels. I mm. want you to get you know, your hands on some on some Morton and some spring energy and all these different gels and try and find what mm. works for your gut because... Because it never actually happened. Like, that's the first mm. time, like, out of all the runs in the whole six months that I actually got cramp. I've never got cramp. And I, mm. I've never usually a cramp. Like, I'm, it never really happens. But I that's think why it was like... Everyone, whether you're yeah. trying, you know, whether you're trying to or not, obviously we had a bit of a plan with with race day, but also in saying that you naturally run faster on race day. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah, caught yeah, up yeah. in the atmosphere, and yeah. if you're pushing your body a little bit harder than it's used to, yeah. then yeah, yeah, it's you know you, you're more susceptible to cramp. Mm. Um, it's definitely a lot more possible. You have to really get your electrolytes right, which is hard out there mm. as well. You know, maybe you've trained with certain with different electrolytes in mm. in carrying your flasks on your long run, and then you don't want to carry all that on mm. on the marathon. So then you're relying on fixed nutrition, which was on the side of the mm. on the side of the road. Yeah, I grabbed. Oh, I, I only used one of them when I started to really hurt. Mm. I Katie gave me some like I I got her. She was my pit crew on the way, so like <laughs> I got her. I got the I got my electrolytes. I had I was carrying some, but then she give me like my bottle as I was going through Burley. So that's what I mean. Like I was, I felt like, you know, it was, it was, it was like, like I say, who knows? It could have been when we were hammering up through Burley might've like, that might've been the issue. Who knows? It's like, yeah. it's thieved me. It's thieved <laughs> me of something that I, that I might have to come back for. <laughs> yeah. Right. Awesome. I love to hear it. That was going to be one of my questions. Are you yeah. doing another one? I don't know. Like I really don't know. Like I, I, the, the cramping has annoyed me <laughs> enough that it might have to do another one. Yeah. Like if I, I, I'll definitely do a heart. Like I remember like a mate of mine, literally the, the day, uh, the day of after I'd finished the marrow was driving um, home and he called me just to ask me how everything was and rah, rah. 
And he goes, I really want to do one. Would you do one? And I was like, no fucking way. I'm never doing another one of these in my life. Yeah. And then he was like, well, there's a half coming up in sunny coast apparently in like two months. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Mm. I'll do a half. And then like now that it's a couple of days past, I was like, well, I don't want to not train. Yeah. So <laughs> like, you know, I could be convinced. This happens, this happens a lot. <laughs> it's like some coaches talk to their athletes about don't sign up within a week to a new event because yeah. you're still you're riding that high, that yeah, feel, yeah, yeah, feeling yeah. of euphoria on the other side. But also I think immediately after, like that does not surprise me in the slightest mm. that was your response to mm. one of your mates because <laughs> I, I remember in April when I did... Well, I did announce my retirement to you, <laughs> you after the race. Immediately, <laughs> immediately after we get a photo, we're having a chat, you're like, never doing it again. <laughs> For sure. But, but yeah, even the same, like even me now, six years of heavily in, you know invested in running, six yeah. years into my running career, when I did the Coburg 24-hour run earlier this year, one of my best mates Sammy was texting me at the end of the run saying like congratulations mate um how was it how was the experience I'm proud of you and I sent back that wasn't that fun <laughs> and I don't even remember that and it wasn't until a few days later when I'm thinking how good was that 24 hour let's do another one because you forget about the yeah, hard times yeah, you yeah, just yeah. remember how good it feels at yeah, the end yeah, yeah. and then I check my text to Sammy and I'm laughing I'm like look at this less Sorry, than an Sammy. hour after the race that just wasn't that fun yeah so yeah mate let's talk a little bit more about your training leading into it and i want to talk about hcg performance here as well because what you do what your business does is obviously create products to help runners Mm -hmm. and obviously athletes outside of running as well Mm -hmm. but you would have used some of your own products leading into the run and then also stayed i guess stuck to the process in what i was recommending with strength Mm -hmm. and conditioning as well as running Mm -hmm. as well how did you find that experience in perhaps stepping away from some of your normal training of what you do on the day to day to then go to more of the strength and conditioning running specific? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I hadn't. Um, so, like a lot of the, the the unique pieces that we have is like you know some people like some of your listeners might already have some of them like the tib bars and the Nordic bars like that are sort of more specific for you know, ankles and knees and hamstrings. One thing that I wanted to do was when, like I was still just doing lower body training, but upper body training, but just more of like a crossfitty like hit style of training that I was doing um, rather than like, but like go- going across to your program that it was obviously, you know, a lot, lot more lower body focused, core focused and a lot of running, um, which I wasn't doing at all, mm. you know, before we'd started. I think the furthest I'd been able like, well, I hadn't done any running since probably playing football like maybe 10 years ago where mm. we'd go road runs and stuff like that. But even then it was it was bugger all and it wasn't specific. And I hate running and I still I'd still dislike it to a point, but I, but I actually quite like I, I, I enjoy the process of it now, now yeah. that I'm like – because when we first started, it, it was funny because when we when we were when we got into it, like we went to the park, you filmed my running style, showed me like everything I was doing wrong, which was most things, <laughs> and then and then just adjusted, you know, running technique, you know, the way in which I, you know, the, like how I stand, how, where my feet were standing, not overstriding all of these little, these techniques, which then made running 
a little bit more enjoyable. Mm. So you're not like lugging along, you're actually running properly. Mm. And that was something I'd never done before, which was interesting. And then coupling that with the right strength training and then strengthening the right areas on top of actually running the whole, the whole process of it actually got me a lot more interested in my training. Mm. You know, in the past it was, it was just, you know, very, I've done the same sort of stuff for a long time. So that's why, you know, I was looking for something. So that was one thing that I really found interesting was the weights and training side of things was really good, but I actually got to, I got to experience my own tools in a different manner. So like my tip, like, so a lot of like my tip bars and the Nordic bars, hamstring strengthening stuff. Like I got to feel the, the body I was in, in a different way. And it was and it was really interesting, and that's that's again, like I say, one of the one of the interesting things about following a program that has our equipment in it that was completely foreign to me was like how that actually impacts the body, and that was something that you know for you guys, you know for people like yourself and Jordan, you know a lot of the runners that we do stuff with, you know they they you know you guys always talk about our products in a certain way. But I've never experienced that in that way, you know what I mean? Because I've never been a runner, mm. so I'm like, yeah, they work as runners, you know, does this and does yeah, that. Yeah, but I've yeah. never been a runner to then be like, okay, now I can feel what that actually is doing for the body and how that how that enhances that area. So I guess like, um, you know, from from the whole process of it, you know, I I I was sort of. Like I think when I first started with you, I was sitting at probably, I think I was sitting at about ninety k ninety kgs. You know, it was pretty solid. By the like, I think if I was to weigh myself today, I reckon I'd be sitting at maybe eighty, yeah, eighty one. Yeah. So like within the six month period, so from like January time to now, I would have at least cut down 10, 10 to 11, 11 kilos. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. In that pro- in that process, and I reckon I'm not just endurance wise, but short wise, like I reckon I'm the fastest that I've ever been. Yeah. You know, sure. from, from like a sprint point of view, yeah. like now that I'm doing like the sprint work, like I was like when I was doing sprints the other day, like I was thinking to myself, fucking hell, I feel fast. Yeah. You know, I haven't like lengthened out like that since I was playing footy. And even when I was playing footy, like I was like, I'd like to actually go to the track and or like, I'd like to go to the park and then do some timing and see like where I was in comparison to like now in comparison to there. Because again, like I feel so much, so much faster, short, like you, short distance now. You would be. Just that the, power. Yeah. The strength that you've built, the base that you've built through all these runs, but also just refining that technique. It's something where, like I, I think back to footy as you know, Aussie rules and mm. I haven't played footy properly since my last year of footy was 2017. And I, I joke about this all the time, but it's also <laughs> true. I used to get run down holding the ball all the fucking time. <laughs> I'm just slow <laughs> out there. I was like, I had to have a very quick handball to get rid of the thing yeah, because yeah, I was yeah. going to get run down. But I had endurance to be able to run out a game really well. I didn't have the foundation of how to run properly. Mm. I didn't have the fundamentals. And right now I'm obviously a strong runner, but I'm a terrible swimmer. And one day in the future I have big goals and dreams in the Ironman space as well. I'd love to do that side of things. Swimming is something Maybe I can teach you how to swim, mate. Yeah, swimming we'll swap, we'll swap, <laughs> we'll swap roles for a bit. Swimming is something I want to chip away at for yeah. sure. I mean right now it's only a little focus because obviously running's the main one and strength work in prep for the run around Australia. But at the same time 
one of our runners back home who's actually helped me with a bit of um, swimming technique as well, Mel, she said to me, like, don't go out and swim a kilometre. Don't go swim a kilometre and a half because you try and do those long distances, your form just goes. You don't need to do that right now. Go and do the drills that I tell you to Mm. do so you can work on your Mm. form. And that's where it all starts. Mm. You know, we didn't start you on go out and do a 30K run. Mm. It was, no, focus on this drill, then this drill, then Mm. this drill. And, you know, when we started around that November time, it was around three runs a week. And then we slowly lifted it, four, Mm. and then towards the end, even five. Mm. So it really does depend. When you're coaching someone in a tailored capacity, obviously it depends on their lifestyle, like how busy are they with work, family, all of these things. And maybe you, you couldn't get out for two, three hours at the one time during the week because during the week you're, you're under the pump so it was okay maybe instead of doing three or four runs a week let's do five and make them a little bit shorter mm. and I think that was something that you know I thank you so much for like the way that you tailored my programming due to my lifestyle because I I know that it has like it probably hasn't been the easiest thing to be able to sort of juggle because like for me you know the deeper we got into the program, the more I felt like a semi-professional athlete with the amount of training I was doing, um, which is good. But it was also like the, this, the, just the workload trying to juggle business, family, as well as like the training. It was like one thing I had to be really specific with was like where where I'm actually putting my time, which was a good thing as well because like in the past, like, you know, I was training in the afternoons, you know, from say like a two to three sort of thing, like, or I would just do a bit of training in the morning. It was really sort of sporadic where as with this programming, I had to be really specific because if I was missing certain training blocks or I was missing days, it would really affect everything. So Mm. I couldn't, I, I had to be really specific with everything I was doing. Otherwise it just made everything harder. You know, I felt like, um, you know, I like I barely touched any alcohol through the whole of this year, you know, which not that I drink a lot, but anytime I would drink, I would feel like, oh, shit, because the next day might have to be fart leg or something like that. Or it's the next awesome. day might be a long, like, I'd be like, oh, well, I can't have a drink tonight because i got hills. And you're like, <laughs> the people I'd be with be like, what do you mean? I was like, I've got to do hill sprints tomorrow. And they're like, <laughs> so you can't have a wine? No, nah, I'm not having a wine. Yeah. And I'd be like, or like you go out on a Saturday and you'd be like, no, nah, I'm not drinking. Why? Well, i got to do 30Ks tomorrow. And they're like, what the fuck? Who are you? <laughs> you know? So um, I think like, I think that was like a really, you know, uh, it, for me, that the, the the programming that was set allowed like it really got me really got me laser focused into the goal, mm. um, and I think that as I said to like I said to, to like me and Katie sort of sat down last night at the dinner table when we both said that I was like I think this is the first time that I've really zeroed into something like this, and you know I've had to have worked so hard to get to this point and I think that was like even today when I, I seen I got an email with like the, the photos that came through and there's a photo when I crossed the line and I'm just like looking up with my hands clenched just like, like I've done this like yeah. just a relief of that and I, I remember like I remember running through sort of running through and like coming down that like to finish <laughs> it sort of caught, caught me off guard and it was a bit tough but 
you know when you ran through and then it looked like the finish line oh, and then yeah. you run around the corner it and it says 250 to go. <laughs> <laughs> I come flying around that corner. I was like, we're done here, baby. Let's go. <laughs> and I come flying around the corner and I was like, I haven't seen mum or Katie yet. And I was like, I thought there'd be more people here to be honest. And then as I come around the corner, I look up and I was like, 250 to go? Fuck. <laughs> and I was already in full sprint and I was like, I can't stop now. I just give it everything. And so like I just ripped and then and then I seen them up up to the sort of there. And so that last like 250 felt like 500 meters. Yeah. But like it was just that like that finish off feeling that, you know, all of this like build up of the training blocks yeah, and the long and run, and the months and months of like everything um, just sort of coming to that fruition. Like it was, it was mm. nice. And like, like I say, when we were doing that podcast and you're talking about like people going through, like the reason that we signed up for the fucking marathon <laughs> was because you were talking about like, Oh, when people finish and I do get it now, you yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I really do. I do. I really do get like that feeling of like that achievement of, you know, a lot of people like, you know, people have said to me, you know, P3 yesterday, Oh, like how'd you go on the marathon? Because everyone was basically at P three yesterday. That was doing the marathon. Yeah, and um, and I was like, oh yeah, I did this. Blah, blah. But everyone said, yeah, but you finished it. And it's like that's the cool thing. It's like yeah. everyone sort of acknowledges the fact that you finish. You get it done. A marathon rather than sort of like what's the the end, like what's the times and all that sort of mm. stuff. Because I guess like that is a big part of it, but. You know, of course. it's the finishing it's or the, the finishing. doing of that people respect. It's completing it. Yeah, it's so true. I think because you, the time commitment has to be there for a marathon. Mm. You know, it's like, it's why a lot of people do sort of hang around that 10K, 21K mark because you still have to train. You still have to train hard, but you don't have to put in as much time. Mm. If you're doing a marathon, you have to get out for two hours, two have and a half hours, three hour long runs. You have to slowly get your body conditioned to mm. what you're going to be able to do out there. Mm. Otherwise, it's going to be such a big jump in load that the risk of injury is just through the roof and you're also going to hate it. You're going to be mm. like, I'm never doing this again. So it's a different experience. And yeah, you put in the work and you reap the, reap the reward which is unreal um off air a little bit earlier before we started you were telling me about you finished the marathon completely cooked and just you were just so hungry that night you woke up at 1 a.m tell me a bit more about that uh well when i finished when we finished the marrow i was like all right cool like i got home and it was like probably lunchtime by the time we got home and i still hadn't eaten any breakfast or oh like i'd had breakfast before i went i had Mm. like i think i had a banana and I had two pieces of toast with peanut butter and honey on them. And so that was my and – a, and, a, and a black coffee. That was my breakfast. Tell me if I should have eaten Mate, more. that's a good brekkie. That's yeah. what I, I had. Two, nice. two pieces of toast with honey and banana and a oh. coffee. So there you go. Thanks, coach. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even know. Um, but so I had that. And then, and then so when I got home, like Katie cooked me some bacon and eggs on a piece of toast. Had that. My body was just like, oh god, that's good, and then uh, that I end up going to the pub for some beers, um, which were delicious. Got <laughs> home, had some uh, some. She made like a carbonara with with garlic bread. I destroyed that. Went to bed, crashed out hard, and then I woke up. I was like, I was so sore when I was lying <laughs> in bed, like I just couldn't get comfy. Yeah. So like, I woke up a couple of times, and then I, at one stage there, about one thirty, I woke up just starving, and I was thinking. 
I've got to get out of bed and my legs were hurting so much. And I was thinking, wonder what, geez, I hope there's some stuff in the house. And all that was like, there, like we'd been to the markets, but it was just like groceries. It was just like fruits and bit. I was like, I don't want to cook anything. Yeah, the last thing you crave is fruit. And I was like, it's <laughs> one o'clock. I was like, what's open? I was like, Mickey D's. And so I just hopped in the car, 1.30, went to Macca's. Got myself a quarter, large quarter pound of meal, six nuggets, <laughs> and sat in the car park and just destroyed it. And you know, I feel like it was one of the best McDonald's I've ever had in my life. <laughs> but that was going to be my question then is, was it the best oh, McDonald's you've ever had? It was up there. <laughs> they had chips were fresh. They're like, it was like they knew I was coming. It was, uh, it was so good. Everything was just hot and fresh. Like I was like, oh, I haven't had Maccas in so long. And this is, yeah, this is the gold. So I think like... I think, like, like, like I said, I think I burnt like 4,200 calories in the run, which, um, yeah, which is obviously quite a bit. Um, I'd probably like at the end of it, like going out for beers after it and not having anything at lunch, like probably wasn't the best idea, but I had to do it. You got to celebrate. Yeah, I had yeah. to celebrate. But, um, but yeah, the last couple of days, um, yeah, I've been pumping Just food. Craving food, yeah, yeah. Pumping food. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's an interesting one because, like, obviously only a couple of weeks ago, now was the BBRT 200 miler and my watch estimated 26,000 calories burnt. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And I didn't get that back in, in the, in the last couple of weeks. Like I feel skinny. I yeah. don't feel weak, but I feel skinny and I feel like I need to put on more size again. I need to, I need to eat more. And it's, it's such a, a big important part of running, whether it's running a marathon or running an ultra marathon is nutrition. So continue to get that food in mm. this next week because mm. it's a big part. I think a lot of people, one thing that a lot of coaches do is prepare their athlete for the race. So whether it's 10K, half, marathon, whatever the race may be, but we need to really coach our athletes after the race as well, coach mm. them out of it. So understand, okay, this week, really be smart with your recovery. If you want to go for a, a short recovery run, an active recovery, do it. But if you just want to fully rest and have the week mm. off running, do it. Just focus on your nutrition and really just have that time to chill out and reflect on what you've just achieved. I... It's funny you say that because your daily workouts thing just hit me down there. Um, but I, I physically don't think I can run for, yeah. like, for the next couple of days. Yeah. Like, I, like I was even just trying to show Mitch downstairs before like <laughs> the shuffle I was having to do while I was cramped up. And my quads are just like, my quads are my, just like, like it's basically like just my quads. Like, everything else is fine. Mm. Like I don't feel like, like my, my calves are fine my tibs are fine my ankles feet everything feels fine it's just the quads that are really like really stinging just from having to run through that like mm. those cramps because like they were cramped up and i was thinking to myself you're not gonna stop me from like i'll crawl over this fucking line if i have to i've worked too hard this so year good. and i was thinking to myself because there was people going down with cramp all over the place i was yeah. sitting on the ground i'm thinking to myself yeah, I can feel you, brother, but that's not going to stop me. I'm like, cramps aren't going to stop me from doing this. Yeah. And um, and then just running through them, I think that's the reason that I'm probably probably just sore just because they were just locked up and I was like, I found like a good position where I could just keep shuffling, mm. like shuffling along with them being in cramped. So, yeah. For sure. But I think as a, especially as a first-time marathoner, mm. like you really should have that week off. Yeah. You don't need to be doing an active recovery run so much. I probably sometimes think – 
just because that's where I'm at. Like today, mm. two days later, I went for a 30 minute easy run this morning, but this has been six years, the last six years of my yeah, life. Yeah, so, yeah. and that could come if you wanted to stick at it for that <laughs> long going forward. But I think the message, yeah, I'm trying to share here for anyone who has done a, a marathon or a really hard thing, even if it's a half, is give yourself that time. Be smart on the way out because we see people peak for an event they get that euphoric feeling they're like i'm on top of the moon all right i'm gonna give it five days and i'm gonna do a speed session i just want that mm. feeling of running hard again and then mm. we see an injury happen so we've got to be smart how long how long on the back of it like is say like the recovery and like the build-up period so say say now say now i'm like i'm pretty sore of no course. doubt and like in two months time you know there's like I say, a friend of mine wants to do a half marathon. How long do you really, you know, for like people that are in my boat, like, you know, they're, they're just going through their first marrows and they're just in that first training blocks and, you know, coming through, mm-hmm. coming out the back of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt there was, there was a few times going through the race that I felt like there was certain joints in my knees and stuff like that. that were, there was pressure on them and I was like, like I hope like it's like I was getting some pain in like my patella and I was like oh geez I hope I don't like you know mm. so like I don't want to go back into it too quickly but mm. also like I don't want to take too much time off at the same and time you know you don't want to you don't want to play too much you know so like is that too quickly to be going into something or is it like do you do take a week off or like a week and a half off and just take it really steady yeah take it steady well today july 4th uh the sunny coast is i think the 13th of august so not even two months away it's Mm. about six weeks Mm. so it's pretty soon Mm. i think you if you do want to do that half marathon you really have to think about how you go about it because if you're going to race that half marathon that's a lot especially the friend i'm doing it with he's like he's he's never done a half yeah okay i think the furthest he said he told me yesterday he's pushed out to is about eight but he like in Toowoomba, it's pretty hilly. So like it'll be a, like I don't know how hilly. It's still a big jump, but I yeah. It's, but that's what I'm saying. It won't be like it won't be fast. It, it, like if I'm going with him, like I'll probably do it most with him, and then I'll like depending on how he's going, like I'll yeah. probably drop the hammer a bit at the end. You know, yeah, if yeah. I'm if I'm feeling good enough, I'll but, I'll probably like tra- go with him for a while, and then if he's going to drop off, like. Yeah. you know, to the back end of it, then I'll probably, you know, release the brakes bit and actually have a bit of a run out at the end rather than trying to like push the whole thing out myself. Yeah, you know? for sure. So I want to take sort of sort of more of a support run than... Definitely. Well, then you could do that. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. For sure. You could definitely do that. I think this week, as we said, really just focus on recovery. You don't have to run. And then next week, if you wanted to, slowly getting back into it, like even two runs. Mm. Two would be plenty. Get out for half an hour and make your long run on the weekend 45 minutes. Mm. It doesn't have to be much. Yeah. It's just slowly recovering. But with any program, so right now you've just done your event, you're in a real recovery period and that's sort of like a deload. So big drop, you have to recover. Um, no one can be on every single week of the year. It's impossible. You can't be just going for it every single week of the year if you want to do races. If your goal is just to run, like we had our last guest on the podcast, Matt Daniels, and he did 535 half marathons in 535 days a few years ago. Now, in that, yeah, in that case, right, he's conditioned his body to do it every single day. It's not fast. He's just that's what it, that's what he's doing. So he can do it every single day. 
But if you're trying to do events and you're trying to peak for the event, you're trying to race the event, you can't be on every single week. Like you can't, I can't race Coburg 24 hour run and then try and run another hundred Ks the next week. It's just my body won't allow that. So therefore we need to think, okay, we're going to build for an event with deloads within that program. So that's why you see a marathon build is typically 12 to 14 weeks out. You know, Melbourne Marathon will start getting advertised very hard for people because we're 15 weeks away now. This is the time for people to be focusing on if they want to run a marathon properly or a 21, then say that they're at a 10K position right now, it's going to take 12 to 14 weeks to get to 21K. If they've gone from 10 to 21, if they're at 21, it's going to take 12 to 14 weeks to get to a marathon. So you've got to respect that distance and and, um, really give it that time. In your case, because you are just helping a friend, cruising along, you could absolutely do that. Mm. I think that would be a good thing for you to do. It will really make you hopefully even love running more <laughs> because it, it doesn't have it's to be getting about, better. Yeah, it doesn't have to be about breaking the body every time. Yeah. And obviously, you know, your first marrow is an extraordinary achievement. But this is something I talk about a lot. It's like, like I'm a massive believer in best I can be. I've got best I can be tattooed on my forearm. It was my first tattoo and it means a lot to me is show up as your best self. And don't give anything less than that. But that doesn't mean racing as hard as I can every single race. Mm. Sometimes best I can be is running with one of our runners like I did on the weekend with Maddie. You know, making sure that he achieves his his goal of finishing his first marathon and mm. running with him. Because I'm two weeks ago was BVRT 200 miles. It wouldn't be wise for me to go and flog myself as hard as I can. That wouldn't be the best that I can be. Mm. Best I can be right now is helping him. Mm. So I think if you go in with that approach, then it's a you, you run light, you run happy, you can really change it up. You can choose. You can choose your two to three A races per year. These are the two to three events I really want to focus on and have a hard crack at it, and that's awesome. And then you can have you know a few events around that where you're mm. just having a good time and mm. just rolling the legs. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, well, and like I say, the, off the back of this for me is like getting stuck back into some triathlons and stuff like that as well. They're the things that are really you know I'm looking forward to. Like out of all the three legs. Running has always been the one I've hated the most. But now it's like the thing that I feel like builds my confidence now Yeah, in being able to like, I want to continue to have that strong running base now or like to a certain extent mm. to be able to then, you know, capitalize on, you know, the fact that I am a quite a good swimmer, mm. you know, and the bike, you know, bike's a bike. <laughs> <laughs> so any aspirations to do an Ironman one day? Oh, See, I don't want to do another marathon, let alone at the end <laughs> of the, after, at, at the end of a swim and a run. Halves, I'll definitely do. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely keen for a half Ironman. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you watch you do that, and then you'll think about the mar- the, the Ironman. See, I get talked into things too yeah. easily. Sean. No, but it's a good thing. It's like <laughs> it's just breaking it down. You know, you do that marrow, then your first ultra. Yeah, you here we go. Yeah, no. Oh, so I'm going up to an ultra now. <laughs> this is the next thing. No, look, it doesn't have to be. But in my case, Matty Hanley signed up for the ultra <laughs> yeah. day, didn't he? He's on the back. He's on the Bali yeah, Hope yeah, ultra. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. It's everyone's progression after a marathon is different, but that's why we are so big on encouraging people to train Mm. for it, like actually do the work, but also do the work right. 
you know, follow these key principles because every runner has different circumstances. Every person's got different circumstances, how much they can commit to their training and these sorts of sorts of things. But at the same time, you need to get out for a long run once a week. You need to do some strength training. Even if it's bodyweight strength training, get some strength training in. You need to do some easy runs and ideally one speed session per week. So look, there's, there's key principles that will help you get there and then you can apply that to okay let's go for another marathon and let's make it faster or now let's lift to an ultra or now let's take some time away but i think when people don't train that's when they or they don't prepare properly for these events that's when they never run a marathon again Mm. and they hate it and it's it's an experience where they're like okay bucket list item tick and look for some people that's all it will be i just wanted to do that once awesome i didn't really hate it it's just i'm satisfied and that's totally fine but you want to get to the point where you're like i've done this and i prepared really well and you didn't hate it so much that you never want to do it again you talking me into it again (laughs) (laughs) all right i'll do another one that's what you want no and uh, but honestly like the the thing that i've enjoyed is the training Mm. you know the, the process of it i've never enjoyed like before i'd started training with you I'd never enjoyed running because I just running was running. Whereas I feel with the first 42 training program, there's so, it's so much more than running. Mm. And I think that's the thing that really has got me more hooked into running is the aspects of not just running, you know, and not just the weight training, like the, the, the aspects of different type of running, different zone training, mm. You know, I think that zone training has been something that I've been quite interested in, you know, now that I've got like, you know, the devices that now tell me what, what, what's going on, which is, I find quite interesting, you know, is like when you're, when you're meant to be doing certain runs, but you're sitting in a different zone or, you know, oh, how did I go in this run? I was meant to be taking it slower, but I was actually going faster. Or maybe at this run, I should actually wind it back a little bit Mm -hmm. and that will help me in this. Or, oh, I maybe have been going too hard in that time or going too slow in that time. You know, the doing those fartleks as much as I they crucify you they're you know those actually build that mental fatigue you know that mental resilience like that i really enjoy um the process of as well you know so like there's just so much more to there's just so much more to like what you guys are doing with the programming that is just you know go out and run that's why i've sort of encouraged a lot of people i know that have asked me about like you know your programming and what they should be doing in prep. So many people now that I've started running have come to me with, as if I'm the coach, they're like, what should you do? And I was like, well, this is what I'm doing. I think it works. Yeah. You know, it's working for me. Yeah. You know, I'm, that's why I wanted to use it myself as a case study to see like how my equipment could then reflect back on the consumer as well. Definitely. Well, I think the ISO tip is one that I've used a lot mm. of. The Nordic bar a little bit less, but the ISO tip heaps of. And we know that shin splints is, is obviously a mm. big issue for a lot of runners, which really shin splints can occur for a number of reasons. It can be that you jump in low too quickly. It can be that you have too big of an overstriding pattern with your run, so running technique. Um, but yeah, it's also a lack of strength. 
And so if you can get your hands on an ISO tip or a tip bar, those, those sorts of equipment to really strengthen those key areas. Like I know for myself, I used to, I've never really had shin splints. I never had severe shin pain. If anything, for me, when I was an overstrider, it would show up in my hip flexors. But for some people that shows up in their shins. Mm. Others, it's runner's knee. Others, mm. it's ITB syndrome. Everyone's different, but uh, we do know that shin splints are a big issue, and that's mm. why it's you've changed the game with these sort mm. of products. Yeah, and 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 like I say, feeling my own equipment for an endurance athlete made me feel so good. You know, mm. like as as I come out of that race today uh, on the weekend, like there there was no pain in that sort of like I've through the whole process, like. I sort of pulled it away a little bit for a couple of weeks and I could sort of notice the difference, you know, like I, I, I did notice, like I tried to like sort of like some things I'd pull out to see how they would go and then I'd bring it back in, you know, like I did notice that like glute training that I hadn't done as much of prior to starting with you guys, I noticed I was so weak, mm. you know, and now doing it like I noticed how much how effective that training is for a runner, you know, and for maybe a lot of runners don't realize it and then they end up with crook backs. Yeah. You know, it's probably not the fact that they've got a bad back. It's probably the fact that you've got weak glutes and hammies. And weak core. Yeah. So many runners hate core work. I hate Mm. core work. And it's something that I'm still always trying to to get better at, but it's it's a grind. Like core work is so key. Glute work is so key. We want to be able to use our glutes. They are the powerhouse for running. But if we're not strong there and or when we're unstable there, we're going to have issues show up. And and sometimes, you know, these issues of having a weak core or weak hips can show up downstream. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to experience pain in that particular area. You know, maybe that um, through a lack of strength up there, you start to get injuries and niggles in the lower leg or lower leg issues and lack of strength can result higher up the body too. Well, I also think you get exposed mm. in the endurance side of things as well. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got weak, if you've got weakness in the chain anywhere, you're exposed. Definitely. Because you can't get away from it because you, you, it's not like you're doing a quick bench press or some form of lift that you can get away with it. When you're, when you're on these long runs or you're doing speed work or you're doing hill sprints, you get exposed mm. to where your weaknesses are. It's that so, repetitive so motion. Yeah, so so easily. Like you can be cruising along and then next minute you're like in the middle of a run and then you start going through like Burley National Park, for mm. instance, like not even that big of a rise or going through anything. But you can notice that like you may not have that power to actually push through or mm. like you can feel like weakness and, you know, in there's certain, certain area or, or you're just like – you run along and then next minute your back's fatiguing or your glutes are fatiguing or your knees are hurting, you know. It doesn't take much. It's just that repetitiveness of it that it's, if yeah. you're not following the programming, you Definitely. just get exposed. Good to have that awareness as well. Like I think I, for the last six years as a runner, have done a lot of the main key lifts. You know, I've done my back squats. I've done leg extensions. I've done trap bar deadlifts, single leg work, these sorts of things. I haven't done any iso tib work until about a year ago mm. and you know i remember I, I think i said to you on the cans to melbourne run especially towards the end because you're not getting stronger out there like you are do, able to do it every single day you've conditioned your body to a point but 
I'm not strength training. So mm. what was happening is I felt a little bit less stable with every day, especially probably as I was getting skinnier as well. And so I rolled my ankle three times mm. on that run. And I knew that, and it was my left ankle and it kept happening. And I was like, well, this is something I need to work on. So just being able to do that, have that awareness, it was a big thing. And then obviously focusing on even BVRT being, BVRT being a trail run, you know, I have to be strong in the ankles or I'm going to mm. fall over and this isn't going to work. Mm. Yeah, well, that's like, like again, like I say, for me, that was that was an that was a, you know, something that I felt like could be exposed, or mm. like I, um, you know, once I started to use like my own equipment in those aspects, it was like, oh, cool, this is this is this is really interesting to know how much better this can be for, mm. you know, for my my customers essentially yeah and i think the running world's perfect one for it you know what i mean because it's just like there's so many people that uh you know you you sort of even judge people like when they're running along and you can see them they've got like wraps up their legs and you know that that, that's for shin splits or Mm. something like that and you sort of want to tap them on the shoulder and go what are you using for that (laughs) (laughs) mate sometimes i just want to be on the Esplanade in Burley and just hand out a business card. Like, yeah. you, need some run- you need some running Even the running techers, like I, after you straightened me up, I was like, watch it. Now I watch people and like, yeah, yeah, you're overstriding. <laughs> I'm driving along and I just can't help. But like when I see someone, first instinct is yes, good on them. They're going out for a yeah. run. Second instinct is looking at them like, Oh, no. You've got so much work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mate, uh, so November, around November last year, you were able to run just a few K. We are now, what, about eight months past that, eight, nine months, and you've knocked over a marathon. What a journey. Congratulations. It's been unreal. Um, I couldn't be prouder of your efforts because I, I know as well, like HGG performance, you're hustling here and you're doing mm. great things with the business, but it's hard to then find the time and commitment for a marathon as well. So yeah. really well done through this period. And thanks for being an example for other people that they can get started with running and, and take on their marathon as well. If people want to find out more about HGG performance, where can they go? Yeah, so just follow us on Instagram at HGG Performance. Um, we've also got YouTube, HGG Performance. If you just type in HGG Performance to Google, everything will probably pop up. So, but yeah, that's that's where we put most of our stuff. And um, yeah, if anyone wants any information or any of our study stuff that we do here, um, just reach out to us on Instagram and. Um, just drop us a DM. We'll we'll get back in touch. Yeah, unreal. All righty, mate. We're going to leave it there. You're a marathoner. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. And thank you, Shawnee. Honestly, like your, your program, you like you practice what you preach, which I find, you know, I find so inspirational. Like you're not just a run coach. You're a run coach who is actually doing the shit. You know what I mean? Like you're doing these BVR fucking 200 milers like you're running these marathons with people directly after that you know you're you set such an example for for your runners and the program obviously works because (laughs) it got me there but um but just thank you for everything that you've done for for me along this journey i appreciate it it's been a pleasure mate thank you my man we hope that you love the podcast and if you did please leave a review and share it with others Did you know that you can train with us at First 42K for as little as $9.95 per week? If you're looking to fall in love with running and achieve your first 5K, 10K, half marathon or marathon, 
Unlock your one-week free trial at first42k.com.au. I'd like to thank our partners at HGG Performance for providing the podcast space. HGG Performance manufactures strength and rehabilitation equipment, which is hugely beneficial for runners looking to improve performance and prevent injury. Use the code FIRST42K for 10% off their products. Until next time, live happy and run strong.